This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I can guarantee you is that I'm not going to go away from the two verifying and the eight mage as some value plays. So a lot of my plays will be with the two, the eight, and the 15, and then maybe if we get a rich strike, either splitting somebody or hitting a home run here, you know, maybe we can turn, you know, $100 into a, a couple of thousand. And that hopefully gets me even for the week. Hey, now what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rohn Podcast, episode number 266, where this week I will be joined by one of my favorite people in the entire world. Also, one of the very best people in the world to run down this week the week of the Kentucky Derby, and right in the middle of the NHL postseason. If it's not obvious by now who it is, it is the one and only Edzo, Eddie Olchek. You, of course, know Eddie as a former 16-year NHL vet and a Stanley Cup winner, plus a former NHL head coach, an outstanding broadcaster for NBC and Turner Sports, and also now for the Seattle Kraken, and he just happens to be one of the greatest thoroughbred handicappers on the planet. So, lots to get to with Edzo. It's episode 266 of the Jim Rome Podcast with Eddie Olchek, and it's coming at you right now. Eddie, my man, it is great to run hey. you down, Edzo. What's going on? How you doing? Hey, what's up, pal? How you doing? Good, good, Edzo. Is this not the best time of year? <laughs> well, I would probably say it's the only time of year. Uh, <laughs> Pucks and ponies, uh, busy with uh, the NHL on TNT, and uh, now I get to put on my – I don't think anybody would want to see me in my jockey silks, but uh, I get to – go over to NBC and be a part of the uh, coverage on Friday and Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all lathered up and ready to go. And, uh, I'm ready to, uh, to dive into the uh, racing forum and see if we can pick a couple of winners for people that'll be tuning into our broadcast on NBC and USA network. Absolutely love it. All right. So why don't we talk about both these things? Why don't we start first with the pucks, Edzo, before we talk about the Kraken's incredible upset of the defending champs in game seven, can we backtrack for a moment? For instance, you left the hometown Blackhawks after broadcasting their games for 16 years. How tough was it to say goodbye? And then what's it been like to work with your family and the Kraken? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was a uh, a really tough decision to uh, to step away. But you know, the Kraken made me an incredible offer. Uh, I get to be around my brother Ricky, who is vice president and assistant general manager with the Kraken, working for my former roommate and a legendary hockey Hall of Famer, uh, Ronnie Francis, who's in charge of all hockey there with the Seattle Kraken. Uh, and I get a chance to work with my son. Nick, who does uh, pre and post intermissions on Root Sports out there in Seattle. So, you know, look at it. I, I always thought I would be with the Blackhawks. Uh, I never thought I would go anywhere. Um, you know, I think I'll die a Blackhawk, to be quite honest. But, you know, just sometimes, uh, you know, business and, uh, you know, personal, uh, you know, personal things come into decisions. And, 
and I made that decision to go there. So it, it was obviously new is uh, scary. Sometimes new is uh, you can have your mind wander a little bit, but um, felt very comfortable and working with uh, Johnny Forslund, the voice of the Kraken and a longtime voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, as you know, Jim. And uh, get a chance to work with JT Brown, who played in the league a long, long time. So, uh, just you know, look at it. at the end of the day. I mean, I miss home. Uh, I always thought I would be in Chicago, but it ended up being a real positive experience, and and just very lucky to be a part of a team that, in their second year, they had a forty-point improvement, and uh, ended up knocking off the defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round. So, uh, a lot going on, but it's uh, the transition's been great. Great ownership, great support. And uh, very lucky to have uh, a, uh, a position as far as in local broadcasting in Seattle. I'm so happy for you, Edzo. I know how tough that was for you to leave Chicago, but to your point, you will always be a Blackhawk and you can always go back. You know, to the point that, I mean, what an amazing thing. I mean, how I get that anything can and usually does happen in the postseason, but it's more than just a postseason. You talked about that 40 point improvement. How incredible is it to see an expansion franchise in its second year of existence and first postseason knock off the defending champs in their building in game seven? Well, you just said it. Uh, that's never happened before in the history of the National Hockey League where a team in their first appearance in the National Hockey League playoffs goes up against the defending Stanley Cup champions and, and beat them and beat them in Denver, Colorado and, and, and win three of four games in Denver, which is obviously a very difficult task. And look at, you know, we could break down the injuries and what have you on both sides, not only for Colorado and, and the changes that they made over the summer, but the same in uh, in Seattle without playing with arguably their two best offensive players and Jared McCann and Andre Burakovsky. But like early in the season, Jim, and again, being around the team every day and seeing them probably 25 games in, you could just tell that they just had this something, you know, like they just had the ability to play really well on the road didn't play all that great at home, but they just felt very comfortable about playing on the road. And and they went on a seven-game road trip. And I'm just paraphrasing on the teams, but I think you'll get the gist of it. They went on a seven-game road trip. And no team in NHL history has ever gone on a seven-game road trip or longer and win all seven games on the road. Hmm. And some of those games that they played were in Edmonton, in Toronto, in Boston, and Boston had not lost in regulation up until that point. And when you can go into those buildings and win and play well and not have it be, you know, look, at you need your goalie, obviously, but in none of those three games they were, you know, that they needed their goaltender to win the game. Because I think over the course of a regular season, we've talked about this before, Jim, is that over the course of an 82-game regular season, if you could get, you know, six to eight goalie wins you're going to have yourself a hell of a year but you know that didn't happen like they played really well and I think that's where the confidence started and then people started saying well wow how can the same team from last year no time out here time out this is not the same team from last year they had no Jaden Schwartz they had no Brandon Tanev two really important forwards for them they brought in Matty Beneers from uh from University of Michigan he signed his contract only played 10 games at the end of the regular season. Over the course of the summer, they brought in Andre Burakovsky, Oliver Bjorkstrand. They picked up Ellie Tolvin, and who couldn't crack the lineup in Nashville, and he comes in there 
and scores 21 or 22 goals in a regular season. And then they added on defense with Justin Schultz, a two-time Stanley Cup winner, the emergence of Vince Dunn. So what I'm getting at, this is not this, this isn't your dad Seattle Kraken from last year. <laughs> like this is a way different team. And what I thought was that they were going to be able to have the puck more. They weren't going to have have to defend as much as they did last year. And what has ended up being proven out is that over the course of the regular season, Jim, and I'm not going to get two inside numbers in hockey here, but no team in the NHL scored more five-on-five goals in the regular season than the Seattle Kraken. And once they got to the playoffs, they continued with the depth scoring. And again, injuries, movement, all that kind of stuff. I'll be quite honest. I said this, Jim, and, and you know, whatever. You just, as you know, is when you're on TV or radio, you have an opinion and then it gets out there and then whatever it is. I thought when you looked at it going in, Colorado played seven games in the last 11 days of the regular season, and they were all out to, to win the Central Division. And then they had three days off, and then they played Seattle, and they played seven games in 13 days. At times, they were spent. And I, I think that had a lot to do with it. And they had a bunch of guys banged up, and they played McKinnon and Ranson and a lot at the end of the year and into the playoffs. So I just think there was a, a, a magnitude of reasons. But don't underestimate how good Seattle played that. And again, especially like I started this, how they played in Denver. And, I, and at the end of the day, that's what ended up getting the job done for the Seattle Kraken, and now they get the Dallas Stars. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef very seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Who wants dried tough beef in a bag. Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those of you who like to take things up a notch. Next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? Ed, so I know what you're saying. For instance, you know, when you talk about Colorado and the grind down the stretch, not to reach too far on this analogy, but you and I both know this, like going into the derby, you don't necessarily want to see your horse have right. to go all out, right? Right. Right before the race. All out. Yeah, we know this. Right. So you mentioned Boston. Really quickly, what about the Bruins? Like, we know that regular season success does not necessarily translate into postseason success. In fact, it's often a curse, Ed. So, but we're talking about a team that set NHL records with 65 wins, 135 points points but did not make it out of the first round and they blew a 3-1 series lead and they lost game seven at home to the Panthers and so you know all this and taking nothing away from the Panthers and as I say that I guess I'm going to take something away from the Panthers what the hell happened to Boston how did that happen what happened (laughs) well we want to tie in horse racing and hockey uh the Florida Panthers owned by Vinny and Teresa Viola will have they co-own the derby favorite in Forte this coming Saturday in Louisville. So the hockey, the pucks and ponies, it's everywhere, Jim. We, we can't avoid it. But, uh, you know, congratulations to them. And, yeah, I, I think it was a combination of, of Florida, 
uh, giving or, or Florida taking it from the Boston Bruins and the Bruins not putting the Panthers out of their misery when they had a chance up three games to one in the in the in these series. I, I go I go back to the handling of the goaltending by Jim Montgomery, the head coach of the Boston Bruins. They were a team that alternated. Guys would play two, guy would be off for two. Guy would play two, he'd be off for two. All of a sudden, they gave it to Allmark, who played at the end of the season, and there was some flare shot off that he might have been laboring a little bit going into the playoffs. And when he started playing all the games, I found that to be interesting. But I found it really interesting, and it's always easy to be the Monday morning quarterback. We know that. But I thought that once they got up 3-1, to one, I thought that was the time to put Jeremy Swayman in. Now, whether or not he – look, at everybody's hurt come playoff time. We know that. We heard the news about Patrice Bergeron and a bad back and whatever. But that's the goaltender, right? Like, I, I, if he was really hurt, I don't think that Jim Montgomery would allow him to play. But I was surprised that Swayman didn't get the opportunity to play a little bit earlier. But what ended up happening was is the pressure started to mount. What, early in the series, their two best center icemen, no Krejci, no Bergeron, no problem. The Bruins were up three games to one. All of a sudden, they started getting those guys back. What ended up happening? Loss, loss, overtime loss in game seven, and you have a monumental collapse, and you have a monumental comeback by the Florida Panthers. In fairness to Florida, and Jim, you know this, last year they were the number one seed in the, in the National Hockey League. They had an unbelievable season. They, were bar- they barely got by Washington, and then they got swept by Tampa. And then they made colossal changes behind the bench and making the big move with Calgary and getting Matthew Kachuk there and the, and the rest is history. But uh, I think the Boston Bruins, look at, I, I think as the series went on, I think the pressure got tighter. I think the pressure started mounting. And then all of a sudden you get into game seven and you're down to nothing in game seven. You're all out to get back into the game. And then all of a sudden they got the lead and then the extra goalie, the goalie comes out. They get the extra uh, extra attacker. Brandon Montour scores with a minute or a minute around there left to tie the game. And then once you get in overtime, all it is is one shot. And it is as sudden death as it can get in any realm. That's exactly what happened. So I think it was a combination. But I go back to the goaltending decision and look. And then I didn't. I should have finished the story. Swayman comes in in Game Seven after not playing for almost two weeks. I didn't like I didn't like the goal, the first goal by Brandon Montour. I thought it was a weak goal. I, I didn't like it at all. But at the end of the day, did they lose game seven because of Jeremy Swayman? I would probably say not. It was more probably the underperforming of some of their better players in that game seven. Right. And as we know, and so in game seven, the puck can and will take a really funny balance. It always happened. That's why yeah. you don't want to be in that position. We know that. Hey, really quickly, before we go to the ponies, what about Toronto? You played in Toronto, so can you convey yeah, yeah. to a casual fan listening, Edzo, what hockey means to that city? And then in turn, how mind-boggling it is that that franchise, an amazing franchise, has not won the Cup since 1967. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Yankees fan base, Cowboys fan base, <laughs> uh, all, in, all in one. And, uh, you know, you're right. You haven't won a round in a thousand years and looking to win a cup in 5,000 years. It it is. The the pressure is immense. And I think you could see the reaction from general manager Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe, the head coach. You could just see 
the looks on the faces of the players too is just like, oh boy, you know, you're up three to one, you lose at home, everybody expects you to, and then you play an extra game and it's Tampa. They've only been to three straight cups and went two of those. So the pressure is, it, it is immense and the world that we're living in. Look, I, I played there in the late eighties. It's a much different world now than it, than it was back then. You only had to worry about talk radio and in newspapers. Like you didn't have the World Wide web and instantaneous and everybody's an expert and, you know, just the mounting and everybody just knows what's going on. But I, no doubt, and you know this, I would compare the pressures and the fan base of what is going on and the popularity, you know, not only, you know, locally, but globally uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs is that, you know, just winning around has been just incredible. But look, there's still pressure now because everybody thought it was going to be Boston. Everybody thought it was going to be the Leafs and Bruins. Now it's the Florida Panthers. So now everybody's getting drawing the parade route out because they know the path to the Stanley Cup final, they think, and again, air quotes, they think is easier now because the Bruins are out. The Florida Panthers are playing with house money. They're a very good team. I talked about the year that they had last year, but it is a, it is a pressure-packed place. And quite frankly, I was lucky enough, Jim, I was lucky enough to play in my hometown, pressure in Chicago. I played up in Toronto, major pressure. I played in New York. I was a part, a very small part of a team that won the cup in New York with the Rangers and brought a cup to New York for the Rangers and the great Ranger fans for the first time in 54 years since 1940. We were able to, uh, you know, sly that giant and be able to do that. I played in L.A. where we met for really for the first time back in 96. I mean, the big market teams, there's pressure that comes with it. It is made for some people, and quite frankly, a lot of players and a lot of coaches, they don't want to be in it, and it's their job, and they're just hoping they can get through without screwing up and then getting on to the next gig because there is that pressure, especially in the world we live in now. So, uh, look, at they should win the series. They should. But, again, the pressure of what is taking place here definitely plays a hand in how this all plays out without question. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. And so I love that point. You just made it so true. I mean, the fact is, even if you're a pro, even if you get to that level, it does not mean that everybody's built for that big stage, even on that level, player and coach. I, I love Jim, that you made Jim, that point, right? Some guys, some guys, they don't want the, they don't want the rock on their stick. Right. You know, like they, they don't want it. Like Ooh, they don't want the defer, ball right? hit to them. That's it. You know, but you got to you got to have that right leadership inside the room. Take take everything else out of it, because at the end of the day, when you're in that room, as you know, it's 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 us against the world mentality, but you got to have the right guys in there that can have that body language and the verbiage to say, hey, you know what? Screw everything else. We're good. We're going to find a way, you know, John, uh, John Tavares and, and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. They're going to carry, you know, like those are the type of things that's so important is what you are building a team and you're making moves and bringing guys in is that you got to have the guys that have the right ability to go along with the agenda. It can't be a self-serving led agenda. And you want guys that are coming in and say, I want to be out there at the end of the game 
We're up one. There's 30 seconds left to go. And I want to be the guy to go out there and take that face off and have that on my shoulders. That's why they went out and got a guy like Ryan O'Reilly from the St. Louis Blues. But you see it every day in sports. I'm just looking at my little world here in hockey and horse racing and go, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. And you should be able to win a round. And you should be able to win the next round. But you got to have the right pieces. And you said it. You need a little bit of luck as well because matchups in hockey are so, so important. I love it. So, Enzo, what about horse racing? I love that you just made that point that you see this in every single sport. What about horse racing? Because that's just a different breed, different element, different thing altogether. Who are some of the people that make, let's make another analogy, that in horse racing would want the puck or the rock on their stick? Who are some of the go-to guys that just live and thrive in that moment in horse racing, be it a trainer, be it a jockey, whatever? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at you got to look at the top trainers. I mean, you, you look at the Todd Pletchers and the Brad Cox and the Chad Browns and the Bob Bafferts. And I know Bob has been suspended. This will be his uh, second year being uh, suspended and not allowed to run in the Kentucky Derby. But like you know, they they get the top equine athletes. They don't mind having the favorite, the attention that comes with it, the scrutiny that comes with it. And then when you look at the pilots on there, like. You know, it it, it it reminds me very much, and I think, Jim, we had this conversation a couple of years ago, but, you know, like the coaches, right? Like the Bill Belichicks and, and the Scotty Bowmans and, you know, uh, you know the, the, those type of managers and coaches, like are, are their teams better because they're standing behind the bench or are they better because they got the guy standing behind center or the guys that are going out there at the end of the game. And like, I think it's a combination too, because I think you need the coaches and you need the jockeys and to, to be able to uh, put their athletes in the positions of success. Now, athletes, human athletes, they can verbalize to the coach or the trainer or the manager or the jockey, you know, or, you know, like what's going on, right? Like what, what is happening? Horses can't do that. They can't tell you, man, you know, yeah, I feel good, but geez, I got this problem on the left side of my knee and you know, like they can't, they, they, they can't instruct anybody, but now you do have athletes that we said play through injuries. You know, they can say something, but I'm not coming out of the game. I don't care. I'm on one leg. I'm going to find a way to play the game. And unless I'm absolutely hurting my team, I'm not coming out of here, but the jockeys and horse racing of putting themselves into the position, especially in the Kentucky Derby. No, none of these horses are ever going to run in another, I shouldn't say never, but chances are pretty good. They're never going to run in a field where they're going to face 19 opponents, you know, going a mile and a quarter in front of 175,000 people. That's not going to happen. So you need, I think you need experience. I think you need a pilot that has been there, not necessarily one, but is not going to sit there and get all excited and all lathered up when you got a half a mile to go and go, Okay, I'm going to go now where my horse only can make a half a mile or make a three eighths mile run. I'm going to try to win it now at a half mile out. They have to have that internal clock. It's like a guy that has a puck on a stick or or a basketball player that has the you know the rock in his hand. It's okay. Now's the time where I'm going to isolate. Everybody's going to get waved off, and I'm going to go in here and say all I need is five and a half seconds to either win the game or send us in overtime or end up being on the wrong side. So I, I think when you talk about jockeys right now. You know, you look at Johnny V, Johnny Velasquez. I think you got to look at Irad Ortiz for sure. Now, Javier Castellano has not won a derby yet, but I think he's going to show really well this weekend. He's riding a horse called Mage, who finished second to the derby favorite, we all think, in Forte in the Florida Derby. So, you know, those are some of the guys, but it is a teamwork, as you know, because you've been in the game. 
And also, post-position draw, and you need a little bit of luck. And we saw what happened last year. We know one thing, Jim. We know the odds of the horses, but let's make it perfectly clear. They don't. The horses have no idea what their odds are, <laughs> so they're just going to run and try to get to the wire first. We always say that. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to jump it on you, but I just I love that. We always say <laughs> that. The horse doesn't know he's 20 to 1. They don't know. That's it. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. You know, one more thing about that, Ed, you talk about the equine athlete, and you talked about how there's certain athletes that want to be on that big stage. There are certain athletes that want to be in the big moment. There are certain athletes that will play through other things. You know this, and I know this, and horse people know this, but I think the casual listener does not. Equine athletes are similar, right? There are certain equine sure. athletes that will play through things. I hate to always go back to it, but we used to talk about the great shared belief, Ed. We would talk about the horse yes. would run through anything they're they're right. like that they are athletes and they've got the same mindset even if they can't communicate it to you verbally they can communicate it to you can't they no they can't but you and these trainers and owners like yourself and you know the just the team around the grooms people that take care of these horses 24 7 they know these horses and it's it, it, either it, the will to run the want to to run uh have it, it's it, it's ingrained in a lot of them like you wish like we all wish a lot of the ones that we you know like you want them to run faster you want them to run through adversity but look at it's like when you're watching your favorite team or you know you're like geez I, you know i just wish he'd put his head down a little more and get that extra yard or lay down and sacrifice or you know how come they can't you know get that big hit or take a walk every once in a while in baseball but you're right. Like just some of them. And that's what's look at. And you know, this, it separates the greats from the goods. And if you're going to win the Kentucky Derby, doesn't mean you're going to be a, a, a great horse, but on that particular day, you had the willingness and the want to, to be the greatest that particular day, because at the end of the day, it's the greatest horse race there is in the world. And for one day, uh, society, whether you want to watch the races on NBC, the Derby for fashion or for people or for the equine athlete, or if you're getting your feet wet on Saturday, that day brings so many more eyes in the pageantry of the Kentucky Derby. There really isn't anything else like it, and I'm just so blessed to be a very small part of it when it comes to handicapping for two straight days on NBC. I mean, Ed, so before we go, people just do not understand. Like, they think they understand. It's like the pageantry, the party. It's it's amazing. And I'm glad that we get yeah. the eyeballs on the sport that day. But, Ed, you know this. If there, I don't know what the number is now, but if there are like 30,000 or 40,000 horses born every single year and you sure, get 19 right. or 20 into the gate, it's only for three-year-olds. People don't know this. They get one shot. I mean, it, it is so amazing. As long as I've been in this, yeah. I've never gotten anywhere near the Derby as an right. owner so it's such an incredible thing before you go i know you're looking at things and i don't know if you made your pick or not i'm not going to ask you for it but what about forte who you mentioned forte is going to go off as the betting favorite we have post positions now the betting favorite yes but in your opinion is he the one to beat 
He he yeah yes, and he should be the favorite with how he, what he's won six in a row. We talked about the hockey tie with Vinny and Teresa Viola, the owners of Florida Panthers, and now co-owner with Mike Rapoli in, in, in Forte. He's the type of horse I thought he was in his in his last prep race. He he looked like it wasn't going well with the last quarter mile of the race. It looked like he was kind of spinning his wheels. But once he kind of moved outside, Jim, he said, you know what? I got this. I'm, you know, I'm just going to find a way. And he just started grinding because I think that's what he is. I think he's a grinder. It'll be interesting. A lot of people don't think there's a lot of pace in this race. And I think all of a sudden what's going to happen now is you're going to get five, six horses that are going to be, you know, relatively aggressive. So there might be a little bit of a, you know, more of a jam up there on the first turn when they get uh, to the run for the roses on Saturday. But Forte just has that. He has the heart. He's a, he, he is a champion. He, he, he just loves what he does and he just finds a way. And it doesn't matter if horses go by him, he's going to, you know, he's going to do what he needs to do. So I, look at, am I going to pick him, Jim, you know, this better, you, you know, me better than most. I, I'm probably not going to pick him because he's going to be the favorite. Am I going to use him in my wagers and in my gambling for the Derby hundred percent? Because I know the last quarter of a mile, he's going to be, he's going to be looking like a freight train coming to the middle of the track. Now, whether or not he's good enough on Saturday time will tell, but I, I think, it, it, yeah, I, I think he, he deserves to be the favorite the way that he is run. And I think most people will, will make him the favorite. And one last thing I'll just make on the odds thing. I think it, it'll be very interesting how this plays out. Because there are a lot of people that only watch the Kentucky Derby and that's it. And people want to bet and get their feet wet. We're going to get a lot of money on some of the longest shots on the board. Like last year we had on Rich Strike. Nobody bet Rich Strike. He ended up going off at 80 plus to one, whatever the number was exactly. So I think this year what's going to happen is that you may get Forte and a couple of the other favorites that their their odds might be a little inflated, which is a good thing if you like them, because I think a lot more of that, I'll just you I'll be PC here. A lot more of that novice money will come in on longer shots. So that will maybe bring the floor and the ceiling a little closer together. So for the hardcore handicapper and horse player, instead of thinking you might get three to two on Forte, you may get four to one. You know, you may get nine to two instead of getting three to one odds. So maybe something to keep an eye on there when uh, they go to post on it's, Saturday. It's a great point, Ed. So, and if you like that horse, then you're going to love that. One last thought. Exactly. You're right. I know you, Ed. I do know you. And I know you'll use that <laughs> horse, but you're not going to pick that horse necessarily. I know you are hunting value. Last thought for us. Is there, do you see some value right now? Who intrigues you? Well, look, I think the intriguing horse was the horse that finished second to Forte in the Florida Derby, and, and that is the horse called Mage, M-A-G-E. Uh, he will be coming out of post position number eight. And I, I just say he made a big move. I think the move was a little early, but he got kind of left off the gate. He got pinched off, but the race is a little bit earlier. He was a little bit closer. So I, I think I'm using the eight for sure because I think he's going to be – every bit of 10 or 12 to one. The other horse I'm going to be using, Jim, full disclosure, and you're right, I haven't got to my final pick. Let's see how the track is playing. The weather looks good for Saturday. It's a little iffy on Friday. Some for people, if they're playing the Oaks, might be some moisture in the air. But I, I thought uh, I thought the two-horse verifying was very interesting because tactical, 
could go the distance. The sire is justified. We all know justify won the triple crown a few years ago, finished second in the last race uh, at Keeneland in the bluegrass. I think there's another ceiling for this horse. I might be on, on this might be one of those days, Jim, where I might look at the board and just maybe wait and just kind of like be that the hunter, as you said, and, and just go, okay, well, where is the better value here? And then play some gimmicks, you know, play some tries, play some exactas, play a couple of supers, and then play those other races. But those are be, I, I can probably, I can guarantee you, is that I'm not going to go away from the two verifying and the eight mage is some value plays. But I am going to be using Forte, who got uh, what he got number fifteen. Yeah, he got number post position fifteen. So a lot of my plays will be with the two the eight and the 15 and then maybe if we get a rich strike either splitting somebody or hitting a home run here you know maybe we can turn you know a hundred dollars into a, a couple of thousand and and uh, that hopefully gets me even for the weekend u.s cellular is introducing us mode you know it's kind of like airplane mode but for people it's a way to set up your phone so it does not get in the way of people really being with each other Block distractions. Make way for real connections. Give it a try. Visit U.S. Cellular in-store or online, and they'll help set up your phone to us mode free, even if you're not a customer. Built for superior 5G connection and real human connection, U.S. Cellular. Built for us. Find out more at uscellular.com slash findus. Look at our listeners get a taste before Saturday, Edzo. I so appreciate you sharing that insight before. And one of my favorite things every single year on the first Saturday in May is when you come on camera and you do make that pick. I always look forward to that. And so that is one of my favorite conversations. You and I have been friends for so long and had so many great conversations. That is one of my favorite ones ever. I am all pumped. I am all hyped. I know it's a busy week for you, Eddie. So just know I love you. Much respect. And thank you so much for doing an amazing interview right there. Love you too, pal, and say the best to Janet and the kids. And I do want to say, and I've said this before on your radio show and doing your podcast a couple of times, uh, you have been a great friend and you were an incredible support to me and my family when I was going through my stage three colon cancer battle a few years ago. And and I'm proud to say is that uh, I just hit my five-year mile marker where I've been clean and clear. And uh, if anybody has been in the battle, or knows family members that have been in the battle of cancer is that when you get to that five-year marker, uh, you get to uh, not go to the doctor's office as often. You don't have to get your scans as often. And uh, look at cancer is always going to be with Eddie Olchek, but uh, I'm just proud to say, and, and look at, I, I don't know why I, I was able to make it. Uh, I had an incredible team of doctors and a great support from my wife, Diana and my family and my friends like you, Jim and the hockey and, and horse racing world. But um I've been dealing with uh, survivor's guilt, which is something that's very real. And, and uh, I, I try to help as many people as I can that I know and people that I don't know. And, and again, air quotes is when you're in the public eye, you have that ability to help people get through. And, and, and that's what I continue to do. And, and you have my promise that I will continue to do to try to make a difference, uh, even though I am five years cancer free. And I uh, just want to say thank you. And thank you to your entire team for the incredible support over the years. I mean, that's why I just really want to respond quickly to that. First of all, that's amazing. I'm so, so pleased to hear that you hit that five year marker. I know how important that is. And I just want to say also that I think that 
you know, you, you, your family, you, your book and you willingness to open yourself up and share that and let everybody in, I think helped inspired so many people. You know, I think everybody has cancer in their family. If you don't know it directly, you know somebody who's had it. My father had leukemia, so I understand this. And I, I, I know for a fact, Ed, so I know because every time you came on and you talked about it, I would get countless emails and tweets and calls saying, thank you so much for that. I needed to hear that. We needed to hear that. So I know for a fact that your courage has been so inspiring to so many people. So I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing that because I know you have helped countless people by sharing your story. Uh, I appreciate that, pal. Keep up the great work. And I look forward to talking to you uh down the road here and uh, don't forget uh we'll have the uh, stanley cup playoffs on t uh, stanley cup final on tnt for the first time this year so looking forward to it last year i was off i had done the stanley cup final for 16 years on nbc last year espn got it so i got to put my feet up during the cup final but this year i'll be back in the booth on tnt so hopefully we can catch uh, catch up uh before the cup final exactly where you belong it's it will have a great great week we'll talk again soon Love you, pal. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. An enormous thanks to my man, Edzo. He always brings the fire, the passion, and the energy, whether he's talking hockey, the ponies, or both, which is why this time of year, it's always great to have him on and one of my favorite people in the world to boot. If you're looking for more of that, a.k.a. free, premium, and extended conversations that you cannot get anywhere else, there is a lot more where that came from. In fact, 265 eps to be exact. They're all ready. They're waiting for a spin. So what you want to do is subscribe right now. That way, every single new episode that we release going forward will find its way straight to you, and you will never have to deal with tracking down another app yourself. So do me a solid. Give that subscribe button a click, if you will, and I will catch you for episode 267 next week. See you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.